everyone. I'd like to invite you to listen to a new podcast called Artrageous. It's a podcast about the truly outrageous stories of the art and design world. I'm your host, Carrie, and each week we'll cover stories that are just plain crazy. Join me every Thursday for a new episode with stories from art theft, fraud, crime, and mysteries to designer drama, fun conversation tidbits, and discussions about current events. Find Artrageous wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until then, stay Artrageous. Stove Leg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 108th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. This week we have Zach Curtin, Director of Ticket Operations and Digital Marketing for the Charleston Dirty Birds, members of the Atlantic League. If you like this episode, make sure you go back and listen to all the other older episodes. Um, yeah, there's some great guests and uh, great conversations back there, so go ahead and check those out. I really want to give some people shout-outs, but in order to do that, you need to drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. I'll shout you out here and on Twitter. Um, the comments and ratings just really help out the business side of things, so go ahead and do that, please. Um, speaking of the team... Uh, oh, I almost said the team's Twitter account. Speaking of the Twitter account for the podcast... Make sure to go follow the designated Twitter account at Pulling Tarp Pod. That's where you can find all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tarp Podcast. And that's where you can reach out about becoming a guest as well. And if any businesses out there are looking for some unique marketing opportunities, that's where you can reach out to become sponsors. You can also follow me on Twitter if you really want to. At it's R A Coon. That's I T S R A C O O N. I really do have to tweet this out, but we do have merchandise. Uh, you can get Pulling Tart Podcast stickers, coffee mugs, and wall art. Uh, you can find that on the Pulling Tart Podcast Twitter account. There's a link tree in our bio for that, or you can go to tpublic.com. That's T E E. P-U-B-L-I-C dot com. With all that being said, let's chat with Zach Curtin. everyone, I'd like to invite you to listen to a new podcast called Artrageous. It's a podcast about the truly outrageous stories of the art and design world. I'm your host, Carrie, and each week we'll cover stories that are just plain crazy. Join me every Thursday for a new episode with stories from art theft, fraud, crime, and mysteries to designer drama, fun conversation tidbits, and discussions about current events. Find Artrageous wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until then, stay Artrageous. Zach, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Super excited to have you. Um, how's the season going so far, man? 
season is going fantastic so far. Um, had the biggest opening weekend we've had since 2015, attendance-wise. Okay. Um, so we're really excited about that. Everything's really been going smooth. We rolled out a ton of new stuff this year that, um, you know, we weren't sure how it was going to go, like a new production company, okay. uh, some new concessions things. Um, and we were just uh, – everything's gone so smoothly so far and the crowds are really into it this season, which is a little different than the past where they've not been hundred percent into it. So it's been really cool to see everyone just like be really excited this season. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is awesome. Well, when you said production company, do you guys hire out like your game day production? So we are working with a company called Verge this year, um, which I think 20 teams, I think they said are working with across the baseball Okay. So it is a third-party company that does some of our production for us. So they manage our live stream. Like, we have our game day employees do the camera work. Sure. But there's a guy in Lexington actually controlling what's going on, like, on the live stream itself. Oh. Um, and they're creating a lot of our new, like, in-game graphic content, uh, like cool. animations and a lot of cool things like that. So it's a lot of things that no one really had the ability to do before, but it's, like, really enhancing our, pro- our show here, which is, like, really cool to see. Okay. That is that is pretty cool. Um, when I was in Delmarva, they got a brand new video board my first year there, and you know me coming from Beloit, obviously never encountered a video <laughs> board before. Um, so me and our director of marketing at the time had to tackle like this million dollar project that neither of us had any experience with. So that would have been interesting to to either you know work with another company or or um, you know, at least at least talk to somebody else that had like the motion graphics experience and stuff like that. And we they just now I think started doing the live streams. Um, either the either last year or this year, I forget. But it was definitely a big task, and they've been a huge help because we um, had a singular camera live stream last year, mm-hmm. so kind of just set up like a nice camera, kind of angled at the whole field. Um, but this gives us, they, they tap into all four of our cameras that we were using for replays in-game. And they actually also manage the replays in-game. So whenever we call for a replay, they've already got it cut for us. They put it on our video board for us. And then uh, they also handle all live shots during, like, between inning breaks when we're doing promotions, too, which is kind of cool. So wow. they're directing from, I think, Lexington sometimes and sometimes some other cities. But it's pretty cool. I watched them direct one a game in another city here at our ballpark where they were setting some stuff up. And it's really cool to watch because... It's kind of like he's here just talking through an iPhone to the whole crew, and they just listen. It's, he's like a former production manager for another team, so he's got the experience. He's just doing it for a bunch of teams now. Yeah, that's pre- that's pretty cool. I know we had, a, we had a guy from Salisbury University that he did that you know, for the university and their athletic program, he was, but he was our director. Um, and he directed, you know, everything like that. So that, that's pretty cool that they're able to do that, um, remotely. That awesome. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's pretty cool. We weren't sure, you know, you hear about it, you sign on for it, you're excited about it, but until it's like happening, you're like very nervous about it. Cause, yeah. uh, usually like if something's going wrong here, you can at least fix it. But if something goes wrong, you got to call this guy in another city, but they're super good at what they do and they've been putting on are helping us put on pretty incredible shows so far this season, which has been pretty exciting. Okay, okay, that's amazing, wow. Um, so in this industry, I mean, you know as much as I do, we all do a little bit of everything, but how did you become the director of ticket operations and digital marketing? 
I I feel like that's you know that's a lot to ask of, of one position. It's definitely been interesting, and I've kind of eased into it every year. It's built towards that. So I started out as a box office intern my first year in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, about three quarters of the way through the season, they basically said, hey, the person who's in that role, box office manager, is going to step up and do some other stuff. Okay. Would you like to manage the box office fully next year? And I was like, sure, why not? And then each year, I've progressively just taken on a little bit more. Yeah. So um, uh, during our all-star season 2019, the social media stuff opened up, and me and one other guy took it on together. Okay. Uh, so he kind of managed Twitter more, I managed Facebook more, and we both kind of tried to tackle Instagram, but neither of us were very good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pandemic happened, and he moved on to another company, so I kind of just took on the whole thing. Yeah. And in 2021, we did a bunch of surveys at a bunch of our promotions to see where people were coming from, where they were hearing about all these things, and everyone was saying online. So everyone was saying, like, oh, I heard about some Facebook, I heard about some Facebook. So um, basically they said, all right, Facebook's working. You can take on the rest of the digital marketing campaign now. Um, So now I'm kind of building our new website, doing some working with that company, just get ready to launch a pretty big digital marketing campaign um, for like merchandise and website and games or uh, or ticket stuff. So it's been a slow build and like luckily not been overwhelming, but um, it's definitely two kind of conflicting things, which I think is kind of funny because, you know, in game, I'm work managing the box office, but I'm also trying to live tweet the game. Um, so wow. like, I'm watching the live stream. So if a customer has a question, I run back and help them, and then I run back and you know, hopefully no one hit a home run while that was happening. And... Right. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. Um, when I was in Beloit, actually, we didn't have um, a broadcaster go on the road. So, and I was our director of media relations and marketing. So of course, I ran the social media. And I would listen, I would just go on walks or I would be sitting there playing video games or whatever. And I would be listening to the home team's broadcast. And, and then I would, um, you know, live tweet what happened. Or if, you know, if I was at, you know, at this point, you know, I was at a bar a lot, um, (laughs) living in Wisconsin in my early twenties, um, if I was at the bar or something like that, I would get a notification saying like, oh, you know, BJ Boy just hit a solo home run. And so I would I would just tweet it from the the team's account and go from there. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome that, that you're able to do both. Um, I, I mean, I know it's a lot to juggle. Don't get me wrong, but it's that's pretty amazing. It's two things I like doing, so it'd be different if I didn't like doing them, but I really enjoy the social media side and I really enjoy managing the box office, so like I think that's what's helped me get through it. But same as you, though, when team's on the road, I'm watching the home broadcasts and usually playing with Dax the whole time. Like I've got our tennis ball gun. I fire it, fire off a tweet, fire the tennis ball gun, just pretty much for three hours straight. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I know I asked Jesse about this, <clears throat> and he's since moved on from the company but what was it like being involved in the rebranding process from the West Virginia Power to the Charleston Dirty Birds and also within that transitioning from minor league baseball to the Atlantic League yeah the Atlantic League one came first and that came in uh 2021 at the very beginning and I think people were just excited the baseball was coming back 
mostly because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, everyone thought baseball was done after the major leagues kind of made their contractions and we didn't make the cut. Um, so I think people were just so eager for baseball. But honestly, people have been so receptive to the Atlantic League. I think people actually like it better, um, if I'm okay. 100% honest. Yeah. Um, these, these guys are choosing to come to Charleston. Um which I think is big for people. Um, yeah. Like people are coming to their home state to play, not just getting kind of dropped off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like the talent level. I mean, we went from single A to having like six former major leaguers on our team last year. Uh, so like you know, it's a much more mature level of baseball, and these guys really want to win. So like, kind of selling the Atlantic League was pretty easy because like everyone just like you know, here Alberto Cayasco spent like I think ten plus years in the like major leagues. And now he's yeah. just one you know, third baseman. So, like, people were really excited just, like, to see that level. So, instead of seeing people come up, sometimes they're seeing people um, come back down, which is just, I think, just as exciting for people. Yeah. Um, and then the rebrand thing, that was uh, that was fun. Um, uh, so, that, I was, like, involved about halfway through. Like, the team name was already picked, and uh, we were helping out. I was, like, kind of helping with the rollout. Mm-hmm. Um, and we tried to do something a little different than most teams with their rebrands. Uh, so we rebranded mid game. Um, oh. so we did a double header that was scheduled, went out as one team, came back and then game two, we came out as a new team. That's the oh. official announcement. Um, Interesting. uh, didn't help that the first game was three hours long. It was supposed to be seven innings and quick, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, we ended up rebranding at like 9 PM that night. We were hoping to be like, you know, seven thirty-eight by the time this first game was done, but um that's how it goes yeah, that was a super that's how it goes um, yeah. it was a super cool experience um uh the fans um have really caught on this year i think um it's i think making the playoffs and just baseball excitement really helped with uh the announcement but um 2022 i've noticed like everyone's really into it this year there's still some people that have their you know hesitations um they aren't feeling the name 100 percent, and you know that's their right they're mm-hmm. allowed to feel that way i think everyone's entitled to their own opinion yeah. but i think it's really catching on this year and people are really excited about just everything surrounding it yeah i i really like the the rebrand and you know doing research for this episode i looked at why you guys were called the charleston dirty birds and that, that's pretty cool. I had no idea about that. You know, um, just for everybody else that's listening, it's based off of, um, you know, it's a mining town. Uh, it used to be at least. Charleston, West Virginia used to be. And they used to release canaries into the mines um, to see if there was anything that would hurt the humans down there. And because I guess birds are more susceptible to um those types of diseases or infections um so so the yeah that's why they're called the dirty birds yeah, correct me if i'm wrong we're the heroes that saved a bunch of coal miners lives so i think it's a okay it's a pretty cool tribute um, yeah and i think once people hear that story they definitely love it um because not everyone's heard that story because i mean we put it out there online put it at the game but mm-hmm. you know i'm still explaining that to people um uh, right. you know randomly but not everyone's a baseball fan town but they know what happened so (laughs) yeah i had no idea that you guys rebranded mid-game i knew it was mid-season and i i was kind of perplexed about that um but but i figured you know you guys were cooking up something but i had no idea that it was you know mid-game that's pretty cool yeah it was a scheduled doubleheader from the like we rained out a game in the first half of the season and we didn't play them until like late september so we're like let's just do it 
we went out as the Charlies in game one and then came back in and then just came out as the Dirty Birds. I mean, it was kind of out there at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a couple, like, leaks. Uh, We had a couple potential names we were cooking with, but, um, you know, someone found the trademarking website and found our our logo um, three hours after we announced we were changing the name. So uh, some people had already heard. um, So, but, you know, it was was a pretty cool way to do it. I think uh, we wanted to do something different and build up a little bit of momentum going into the off-season. I think that was a really cool way of doing it. Instead of, like, starting the season off, we ended that way. But it was cool because, you know, we rebranded like four days later we made the playoffs uh won the playoff game at home as the dirty birds and i think it was just like built a lot of excitement around everything which i think really helped um you know carry us through the off season and then start so hot in the new season okay okay i like it um and then so i'm a really big eagles fan like like super super big eagles fan unfortunately sometimes um (laughs) So I, I was looking at your LinkedIn and saw that you were a premium services intern for the Eagles. Now, I would have to imagine that there are some parts that were probably pretty cool, right? But if you're an Eagles fan, I I don't know because you probably can't watch the games or um, you know you're obviously working during the games. So I just want to know, you know, from your point of view, what was it like being an intern for the Eagles? Uh, that was a really cool experience. I got that uh, through my school when I went to school at Drexel because um, they have a lot of connections with uh, the, all the big teams there. Um, and so I just applied, got it, and um, I actually was really lucky. So that position is mostly pregame, and okay. all my work that I was setting up ended right at kickoff. So I pretty much got to enjoy every game. Um, and, like, the premium services areas were, like, the suites, the, like, nice clubs in the stadium. So mm-hmm. I pretty much got to enjoy the games from there, uh, which was pretty cool. Because um, my main job was scheduling – like, I did a lot on non-game days, but my main game day job was scheduling, like, previous Eagles players do autograph sessions in the like premium services area. So one thing they do is like every suite level, every club level has one player that you played in like the eighties, nineties, um, doing autographs like every game. And it's like, you rotate them throughout the stadium. So like through each season, you never see the same person twice. You have a season ticket in that section. Hmm. Uh, so that was my main job was, you know, scheduling those, getting them there and then checking on them throughout the, uh, pregame. But it was pretty cool because once the game started, they were pretty much done. I was pretty much done. So I actually got to like enjoy the game. So nice. that was a really cool experience. And they made the playoffs that year, which was also really cool. Um, that was the year they did not win a game in the playoffs, but <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I remember, unfortunately, I was, that was the Chip Kelly year. The first one that everyone was excited about before, uh, the Chip Kelly era fell apart. Yeah, <laughs> sure did, man. I had high hopes, was, but I thought for sure I was getting a Super Bowl ring. I was so excited. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, I like we made the playoffs. So I was like, "Yep, going home with a Super Bowl ring. This is about to be the best internship ever." But a lot of my friends ended up interning the year they did win the Super Bowl, um, okay. and they all got Super Bowl rings. So those were fun Snapchats to get right after. <laughs> oh, that's enough to make you like, sick, though. I was like, "Oh man, that could have been me." But <laughs> well, hey, maybe 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 you'll get a Atlantic League ring. Who knows? I'm feeling I'm feeling good about our team this year. Uh, we uh, made it the playoffs last year, so I'm hoping we can build on that this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I was also, you know, looking at your Instagram, 
um, and saw that you met Wiz Khalifa. I I also have met Wiz Khalifa, um, and I've met a, actually a few different rappers, which is weird. Um, but I so my experience meeting Wiz Khalifa was not super great. I so I'm interested to hear what yours was like. Uh, so we had him here as a concert. Okay. Um, he performed on the field uh, uh, one game, um, not a game, just a random off day. We had him as a concert with Bone Thugs Harmony. Really? Um, and so yeah. I was a pretty hectic day. Um, probably the biggest event I've been a part of ticketing for a while and social media because we kind of broke the Charleston internet that day when we announced that Wiz Khalifa was coming. Yeah. Uh, and I was kind of shocked when our boss, Andy, texted me and he's like, hey, just a heads up. We're about to announce this in three weeks. Wiz Khalifa's coming to Charleston. Huh. And I was like, oh, you're, kid- you're kidding. He's like, no, we're doing this. And I was like, all right. Um, and then it actually like crashed our ticketing system because the demand was so high. People were so excited because this is just, at that point, Charleston mostly got country and rock concerts. So yeah. people were just so excited for something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since then, a lot of rap artists have come to Charleston, which I think is pretty cool. Um, like it's kind of opened that door in my in way I see it. Um, but it was pretty cool. Uh, his manager actually asked if like a few of us wanted to get pictures uh, before he went on stage. Um, and I was not turning that down. I was like, I'm I left the box office for like 10 minutes. I was like, I'll be right back. I'm, I, I need yeah. to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he was pretty chill. I mean, he was kind of in his zone pre-concert, and you know, his zone is his zone. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, he, I, he I get it. I get it. <laughs> but he was a. It was pretty cool. Um, I, I like it was literally just a picture and like, hey, what's up? Hope you have fun out there. <laughs> um, but he was, I think, so you know, you know, in his zone that yeah. he uh, was just ready to perform and then hit the hit the plane. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I met him very briefly when he came to Slippery Rock, which I've seen him like three or four different times in concert because he's from Pittsburgh and Slippery Rock's like an hour north of Pittsburgh. So they had him like as he was like, you know, you know, getting bigger. And then they had him when he was really big. Um, and and so I met him backstage and like he was just like you know doing his thing getting food getting drinks you know whatever um and he was supposed to do like a Q&A with with me and some of the other um communication or journalism majors and he he jetted right right after the concert just walked right out like but you know who did open for him was J. Cole and like this is right before he moved you know he was getting bigger as well um and j cole sat down for like probably a half hour 45 minutes and and gave us all interviews and he was super great um so i met him i also met big sean at slippery rock too um so yeah just look at us man meeting rappers (laughs) who would have thought yeah who would have thunk it um but but yeah i was just interested i i am i I am a big pretty pretty big wiz khalifa fan though so that's pretty awesome i saw that it was pretty cool i snuck out for one song because we were selling tickets most of the way like people were still coming up buying tickets like most of the way through the concert because they just wanted to see a few songs and uh um so i didn't really get i only got a chance to like sneak out for one or two songs because that was uh that was the first concert we had hosted in seven years um, and that was the first concert that like 90% of our staff had been a part of because the, the way turnover works, like 
it was mostly new staff at that point or like people who hadn't been there for more than five years. Right. Uh, so that was like all of our first concerts and there was just so many people that we were just slammed. And like, I basically told, uh, my intern at the time, I was like, I like basically told her to go enjoy the last like five songs. I was like, we've, we've been stressing so much about this. Just go out there and have fun. And like, I snuck out there like for like the one song I wanted to hear. And okay. Then, uh, she got to hear like all the really big, like, um, um, like, bangers that he's got basically and she said it was awesome and the crowd was really cool too um because i'm used to baseball crowds I, sure. I go to a lot of concerts but i don't like work a lot of concerts right right that's pretty cool man um so i'm gonna do this on the fly um so i saw that you're a really big netflix fan um as am i so uh let's do a draft of our favorite netflix shows um, and I am, I didn't prepare for this at all. So, um, you know, this is my own fault. This is my own doing. Um, so let, what do you want to do? Top three, like our favorite, and we'll do a draft. So you, yes. you go first and then I go, um, and vice versa. So go, go ahead with your first pick. I gotta go Shit's Creek. Uh, it's mm. like my go-to. I can watch it anytime um like i really just enjoy just i think we're currently watching it right now uh it's like the fifth time it's just like our go-to anytime i want to watch a show and i don't want to think that's the like perfect like relaxation show okay okay is that a netflix original or no no it was like okay. broadcast is like a canadian show for a long time and like it didn't even really get popular from what I understand. I didn't even watch it until after it was done. Uh, but it did not get popular until like the last season. So like really caught fire the last season of the show. Yeah. And uh, so everyone was like, why are you ending it? This is awesome. He's like, it's just time. Okay. <laughs> and then it got picked up by like Netflix, I think like in season four or five. Uh, okay. And now it's like basically been a mainstay for I think a lot of people. <laughs> okay. So are we doing, <clears throat> excuse me, just shows that you can find on Netflix or are these shows that were on TV at one point and now are on Netflix? Uh, whichever you prefer. You make the rules. Okay. I've got some Netflix originals that I like, but I also got some not Netflix originals that I love. So, you know, whatever you prefer. Hmm. Okay. Well, if we're going, you know, ones that are on Netflix now that were on TV, I'm going to go with Shameless. Love Shameless. I've heard good things. I've never actually watched Shameless. Um, it's been like, you know, how you have like a long list of shows that you always say you're going to watch. Mm-hmm. Shameless has always been up there at the top and I'm just like, I'm going to watch it soon and then I go home and watch Shit's Creek. <laughs> I get it though. I mean, if, if you're looking for something light, Shit's Creek is where it's at. That's yeah. a great show. Um, it's right. already committed and see a new show. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Your next move here. All right. Should I go with the Netflix original for this one? Because I'm feeling... Um, it's up to you, man. I think The Circle. I, I really like The Circle. Ooh. Okay. Um, that was a a really cool and creative show uh, that I've rewatched a couple times since then. I didn't even think that was going to be like a rewatchable show. Um, and I've actually enjoyed it on like both, like both times I've watched it. Okay. All right. I haven't watched that one yet. Um, I'm sure. So my wife is a really big fan of reality TV and yeah. 
you you know me. I mean, like I'm I'm a sports guy. Um, yeah. So it's it's hard for us to pick shows that we like together. Um, Shit's Creek being one of them. Um, Shameless also being one of them. Um, so we started. I I. I'm entertaining her, basically. And I'm like, okay, let's watch a reality TV show, you know, that we can both get into. We'll start it from the beginning. So, as of right now, we're watching Love is Blind. And and I, I can't tell you how much, like, I despise reality TV, but... I... It's like a guilty pleasure show. Oh, yeah. Like... I am getting into it, and I'm like, I'm like, babe, what do you think? Is she gonna say yes? Is she gonna say no? Who's gonna break up with who? When's it gonna de- go down? Like, um, what? You know, they're not gonna make it because they can't agree on religion or you know whatever. Um, so like, I'm I'm just like into it. I you know, love is blind. It is such a guilty pleasure show. Yeah. And like, I spent the whole time watching it. Like, I can't check their Instagram to see if it's all together. I can't. I check know. It. I know. Me too. Me too. I literally was like, oh my gosh, I want to like look up things about this because I love looking up behind the scenes stuff, especially about like those kinds of shows. But like, you know, you look up one thing and the whole show is spoiled, like mm-hmm. in the title. So like I had to avoid all Google, all like everything and finally finished it and got to figure out what was going on with everyone. So yeah, <laughs> have you finished Love is Blind yet? The second season or the first? N- finished the first season in the middle of season two. Got it. Yeah, got it. So don't don't spoil it for me. I, I won't say anything because it's just it, it just is a good show. I don't like I don't, I don't say anything about shows because it drives me nuts when people like spoil shows for me. Yeah. Um. Okay. So all right, it's your turn again. Uh so I think I'm gonna go with an anime on this one because that's my other guilty pleasure. Is just okay. watching anime. And I'm going to go Demon Slayer because um, I'm secretly a big anime fan. And that's where me and my girlfriend's show interests stop. Uh, okay. So I, I love anime and she can't stand it. So, um. <laughs> okay. Um, this is this is um, a show that like I just put on like when I'm you know not feeling well or or something like that. I love New Girl on Netflix. I mean, I, I know it's not an, a Netflix original, but um, New New Girls just light and it's funny and yeah, it's just an awesome show. Yeah, I'm a big fan of New Girl. I never actually finished it, uh, but like I watched the first three seasons a while back and I loved it. And I think I'm gonna go back and eventually finish it because it's just such a good show. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, another one, it just. We can we can do an honorary mention if you want. Okay. All right, go for it. I'm trying to think of what else I've watched on Netflix. Um, honestly, it's probably another reality show. I was actually going to say Love Is Blind was my other one. Oh, okay. Uh, but um, I don't think I actually have it up because I'm curious to see what else I've watched. Oh, The Good Place. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't finished that, actually. It got kind of weird for me at one point. And it, the first season was absolutely incredible, and I got yeah. hooked, and I was like, I just gotta finish it. I really like the ending, though. I think they did a good job wrapping it up, because I don't like a lot of endings of a lot of shows, but I think that one, like, if you can get past the, like, kind of out there stuff, yeah, uh, it, does, it does land pretty well. Okay. 
Um, Breaking Bad would be my honorable man- oh. mention. Might change mind to that because Breaking Bad was, I think, one of the perfect shows out there that just start to finish is so good. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was great doing it on Netflix because I didn't have to wait. You know, like I, you know, I don't know. So I mean, the one the one thing I was upset with about Breaking Bad was I went over to my friend's house one night and they're all having a watch party for something. I had no idea what it was, and I walked in. I was like, "Oh, we watching?" Everyone's like, "Shh." So I just tuned in and it was the series finale of breaking bad no and way. i had not seen anything else from the show so i had no idea what was going on i kind of tuned out oh. um, and then i waited like four years to watch it like i was like i'm gonna like forget every piece of it and i did and i went and watched it but i was like everyone was like mind blown at the ending and i was like what did i just watch the end of a show like i thought we yeah. were just like watching a movie or something oh gosh that's the worst oh I'd be so mad if I were you, but hey. Well, I hadn't had an interest in the show yet, because like, I just kind of not cared about the show, but I'd like heard all this hype about it, and I was like, eh, I'll watch it eventually. And then I saw it, I was like, man, this is good, what is this? And I was like, oh gosh, all this stuff is happening. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Wow, man. Okay. Um, so, also, also I, I love dogs. Big dog person here. Um Bo Bo is the unofficial mascot of the Pulling Tart podcast. Um, he's he's in his crate right now because he doesn't know how to act. He'd be bark, he'd be howling out the window at other dogs and all kinds of stuff. So, um, but I got to ask, how spoiled on a scale of one to ten is Dax? Probably like a hundred. Um, yeah, uh, he gets to play on the field uh, when we're in the off season. Uh, I don't like him messing up the field during the season because he's 100 pounds of pure fury. And um, but in the off season, we just take like baseballs out there and just chuck it, and he can play for hours out there. Yeah. So we basically say that's our his big backyard. Um, but he's very spoiled. Sometimes he just mostly eats treats. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, and like he's got like a babysitter for when we have homestands, and she treats him like her personal dog. Cause like we're gone, you know, nine a.m. to like midnight a lot of days, and mm-hmm. that would just be so mean to like have Dax at home. Cause since we both work here, yeah, uh, it's not like, and we're both like you know kind of busy and have very unpredictable schedules. We don't want to like risk like not running home for the whole day. So sure. we're lucky to have someone that literally treats him like her personal dog when we're on like seven game home stands, and like she That's even crazy. was like once like, hey, so I'm going out of town. Can I just take him? <laughs> and we're like sure so he went to new hampshire one weekend uh and hung out with uh, hung out in the front seat with her all weekend and then got pictures of him in a bunch of different states and so he he lives a good life and um but even during the pandemic uh when we weren't working that one season we just traveled around with him and like stayed in airbnbs like basically tried to be as remote as possible like we found airbnbs in like mountains that were the equivalent of what rent would be yeah just lived there for a month at a time and just like took on hikes every day so that's cool and it was pretty Dax centric uh, trips. So you know, we picked uh, the mountains near Asheville because, like, so we could hike with him. Um, mm-hmm. Like, we also like hiking, but yeah, it, it was mostly for him. Sure. Wow, man, he is living the life. He goes on vacations without you guys and everything. Man. Yeah, he lives better life than us sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so does Bo. I, um, you know, prior to getting on this call, I picked him up at doggy daycare. So yeah, he goes there a couple times a week because he's. He's a Beagle Jack Russell mix, so he's got a lot of energy. 
Oh, yeah. So, yeah. He... I, I totally understand that, having a German Shepherd. That's just, you know, pure, mm-hmm. unadulterated energy. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. never That never runs out, really. Like, you, um, unless you, like, I mean, I'm sure Doggy Daycare is probably... Oh, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it's worth it, honestly. So, um, but so you alluded to this kind of um, you you're dating a, a coworker in your front office. Um, I also did that, and it was a complete disaster. So, um, probably the worst one of the worst decisions I've ever made. Um, so I'm hoping you know you guys make it work. It sounds like, and how are you able to make that work? Yeah, we've been going strong for three plus years now. Wow. Um, always uh, we met here. Um, she was an intern the year I was an intern, or the year after I was an intern, and once she became full time, we uh started like officially dating. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were kind of interested in each other beforehand, but I didn't want to do the whole intern, like, like full-time employee thing. Yeah. So, and I don't think she'd want it to either. Um, so once she was full-time, which we kind of knew it was coming, um, well, we started dating and it's just been, it's just kind of works cause we both love our jobs so much and each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, um, our jobs, we don't actually like see each other much during the actual work day right now. Okay. Uh, Cause she runs promotions, the press box, media relations. Uh, so she works out of the press box most of the time and the box office is separate. Uh, right. so it's not like we're working together 24 seven, but we work together really well. Um, which helps cause like all we talk about is work half the time. So you yeah. know, we're at home, you know, talking about different promotions, talking about different like marketing things. Um, so it works out pretty well cause we kind of know when to shut off the work and when to talk about work. Yeah. And like, usually we're on the same page. Like usually we can kind of just look at each other and be like, all right, let's, let's not talk about work today. Yeah. Uh, or we need to talk about work today. Cause it's nice to have someone to vent to about things, but it's also, sure. uh, but yeah, we, uh, I think it helps that we're not like, you know, side by side to 24 yeah. seven. Um, but like we work together just enough and, you know, live together outside of that. So, you know, pretty much say we live together 24 seven, but it, it, it just kind of works. We haven't really like, had to try to make it work it kind of just like happens it just does yeah okay. and we just kind of have enjoyed it and um it's kind of nice having someone to work with uh because uh, like that was one of the tough things is previous to her just finding someone that understood uh the scheduling stuff yes yeah. you know i would talk to someone and they'd be like hey you free this week and i was like i'm not free for like nine days <laughs> yeah i got gotcha. you <laughs> yeah and like it just like wasn't like i was like i'm not promise i'm not avoiding you it's just like my job <laughs> yeah yep absolutely so like no arguments that have like you know happened at home that have led into work or anything like that no we keep it pretty separate uh we don't argue that much anyway so it kind of yeah. just works out well um we just um i think kind of just know how like, i think it started well because we worked together well so like because that's how it started was we worked together yeah uh, so we kind of like know how to work together on you know every aspect of things not just work so okay. uh nothing really ever trickles over into work it's usually mostly positive stuff like we'll be hanging out like us and dax and then suddenly we'll have like some great idea and we'll take it to our boss the next morning oh. um because we'll just like be bouncing ideas off each other that's kind of just um yeah typically how things go so yeah nothing like like major bad ever spills over to work which is definitely a positive but that was like a concern before we start dating like we can't like because we've seen that with other people in our office sure. we're just like 
we've seen it fall apart in front of our eyes and in front of all your coworkers and friends' eyes, and it's not like a fun thing to watch or be a part of. So yeah, for sure. At True Crime Cast, we cover the big names and cases that everybody wants to hear. But we specialize in the small town unknown cases you've never heard of. If you're listening to True Crime Cast, you'll hear us give the details of each case and our analysis of whether or not justice is served. Find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Y'all should go ahead and subscribe and join in on the conversation. I'm Jamie. And I'm John. This is True Crime Cast. What was it like working with a uh, former guest of the podcast, Jesse Scaglione? I liked working with Jesse. Uh, yeah. It was like a long distance work relationship because uh, mm-hmm. he was at Lexington. Um, but he's just a really cool guy to work with. We still text a lot about things going on with our teams um, and just other random stuff. Um, but it was really cool working with him. He's got a lot of cool ideas. Um, he's a really hard worker. Like he came to our opening day. Uh, with the legends uh last year because they were all excited to see you know we uh like basically sister teams now mm-hmm. um and uh we had gotten just the most rain you could think of on opening day uh, a couple hours before and jesse was one of the first guys that volunteered to go down there and just start squeegeeing and start getting the field dry and i thought that was really cool because i was like you know he's definitely a team player like it's not even like it's his team but it's also like you know there is a little bit of segmentation sometimes, but he just had zero hesitation. He's just like, I'm ready to go. We're playing this game. Yeah. Went out there and helped like the rest of the people that were out there helping and uh, got the game off like almost without a delay. We were only like a half hour delay for the amount of rain, which was pretty crazy. Um, yeah. But he's, he's a really cool guy. And um, sad he works with another organization because I liked working with him, but yeah. like, I think it's cool that he gets to work with uh, Emma now uh, yeah. in Portland. So uh, another one of those coworker relationships. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you guys do it because, man, when I tell you it was a disaster for me, it was a complete and utter disaster. Now, granted, it was like a four-person front office, um, and so like we worked together, you know, all the time. So we were at the ballpark, you know, like you said, nine a.m. till midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And then, you know, you're supposed to hang out outside of that, and it just wasn't wasn't great. Um, so, yeah, kudos to you guys for making it work, though. It sounds like you guys um, don't work together, like, side by side, like, all the time. Like, either, you know, Jesse and Emma and, and you and your girlfriend. So that's, that's awesome that you guys are able to make that work. Having somebody that understands the schedule and – everything that goes into it is, you know, that, that does speak volumes though. So. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I'd be able to explain that I have to not only, well, I get to watch the home games and do that, but I also get to like do that for the road games too. So like there's basically, you know, three hours a night for six months straight. I'm pretty much busy. Yeah. Um, but she was like, I think she was a little, surprised i was doing that last year because last year was the first year i ran the twitter Mm -hmm. uh and then this year now she watches the games with me on the road so like we just uh watch i think she's more curious about what promotions other teams are doing see like uh 
you yeah. know, basically you can't turn it off. It's like research constantly. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is awesome though. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, so one of my buddies, he listens to the podcast and he texted me and he, he knew of the situation that, that I was in, um, in Beloit went, you know, dating a coworker. And he said, he said, man, she is just catching all these strays on the podcast and 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 i was like i was like dude like that i'm not like putting her name out there or anything like that but also this is this is a minor league baseball like a working in minor league baseball podcast like this is kind of like a lifestyle podcast if you will um so like obviously you know that's gonna come up and and especially when i interview like people like you and jesse and emma and like i'm interested i'm genuinely interested how you guys made it work because i was super unsuccessful so um so yeah he was just like man she's catching all these strays he's like and i was like hey it's okay so but everyone everyone who understands the lifestyle has seen that happen at their team at least once because like everyone I've, wor- I, I've seen about i think two relationships explode yeah that, like the people who work in the front office together and it's just it's part of the thing and uh yeah there was one couple that argued a lot at work and i was like this just you kind of like no but you're like oh, that's just you don't know what to say <laughs> yeah it, yeah i mean what 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 else is there to say i mean yeah it's it stinks but but hey kudos to you guys for for not even having to try to make it work it just works so that's awesome that's awesome (laughs) um and i didn't even realize this until i was looking at your guys's um your front office staff directory i didn't even realize that jess swartz worked with you um yeah i i had no idea where she where she was the last time i knew she was at the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, and then I I didn't know where she went after that. So, um, how how's Jess doing, and what's it like working with her? Uh, Jess is doing good. Uh, she came here straight from the Rumble Ponies, I think. Okay. Uh, straight out of the pandemic, so I think they didn't have their season, and then she came straight here from that. Um, she's doing great. I mean, uh, definitely a hoot. I think that's the best way to describe her. Her <laughs> yeah. humor is really funny. Like. It took me a minute, and then once I caught on, like she just like cracks me up. Yeah, her. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Like it takes a little while to get her sense of humor, but once you get it, you get it, and it's it is pretty. Funny. Yeah, like, once you get it, she's hilarious. Yeah, um, yeah, she's good. I mean, she was the merchandise person for our rebrand, which was uh, wow. pretty cool. So I think she was one of the first people to actually know what was happening uh, with the name and everything, and. Okay. Did a really good job keeping her secret. You could not get that out of her. Uh, whether I did try several times because because <laughs> uh, you have to order everything so far in advance. Uh, mm-hmm. But I wasn't part of the ordering stuff. Uh, so you know, you're hanging out having beers after a couple games. You're like, what is it? what? You can right. Tell me. <laughs> right. And she was a steel trap, which was not surprising at all. Wow. Okay. I believe. And I don't know this for sure. I want to say she was part of the Rumble brand, the Rumble Ponies rebrand as well. I know she did stuff with their um, a lot of their specialty nights, like part of their like alternate identities. Like she helped with a lot of those. Yeah, I'm not sure when she was there, like from the start, because I know she came from Beloit to there to here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if she was part of that, but I mean, I know she's 
killed it on our merchandise merchandising side i mean i'm literally decked out right now so yeah good good okay all right um well tell her i said hi for sure do. all right um so i gotta ask what is the weirdest interaction that you've had with a fan so I was brainstorming with Lindsay before this, trying okay. to like figure out what it was. And then she's like, oh, Zach, you should know this by now. <laughs> so this guy, well, security comes up to me one night and says, hey, we got this guy and we need you to talk to him. It's like, okay. All right. I was like, why? And they're like, he says he's got something suspicious in his uh, bag that he's trying to bring in the ballpark. Okay. And we're like, Okay, uh, so of course I go out there and see, because uh, he didn't have a ticket, he was just trying to come in. Um, and he looks me dead in the eyes, and he's like, hey, I've got my dead mom on ice in this cart. Um, where should I lock this up to come into the game? And I was like, uh, you have what now? Uh, I was like, hold on one second, I just need to go talk to someone real quick. So I went inside and grabbed the cops um, oh <laughs> from inside the ballpark, and I was like, hey, I don't believe this guy but i feel like you should talk to him in case he's not lying yeah <laughs> and it turns out he just had a bunch of blankets i don't know why he would tell me that um but by far the most strange interaction i've ever had here or anywhere really because i was just so taken back like where do you come up with that to say that um, yeah. and i was so worried he was telling the truth <laughs> oh for sure i would be too man yeah that's super strange man yeah he did not he was not allowed to come to the game uh, for good reason for good reason wow um so this is the pulling tart podcast so i gotta ask do you have any interesting or crazy tarp stories i've never been eaten by the tarp monster itself good, um, good. Uh, thank goodness i've been working on trying to avoid that i've fallen several times and been the reason we had to stop okay um, because I used to wear shoes on it, and mm. I would I had like these shoes that I had just worn out the soles on, so they yeah. had no grip whatsoever. And it was one of the really heavy ones we had to run off of to get it off. And I just hear one, two, three, go, and I don't know what happened next, but I was on my butt covered in water. Um, and uh, it turns out I had slipped and fallen, and thank goodness no one was filming that one because we filmed a couple of them. And basically, like everyone stopped, luckily, but just a couple slip and falls. A couple of my friends have fallen into the roll. Oh. Like when we're pushing it out, like he just like thought he'd be funny and do like a trick. Yeah, busted his forehead open. Uh, oh man, trying to be funny. Um, so it, it'll get you if you don't take it seriously. Um, For sure. I know. Uh, I've seen some horror stories of like you know my buddy in Hagerstown back when Hagerstown was a team. They had a pretty small tarp team and they were fighting to win one day. Um, but luckily, I've never been. We've had some times where we didn't get it on in time yeah um and our staff is not like huge so like we're not always able to like you know handle it um but there was one time it was a day game we knew this rain was coming it was like 15 minutes of rain but it was enough rain to ruin the game and we were five minutes late because the elves wanted to keep playing Mm. uh and by the time we got it onto the dirt it got so stuck because it was so wet that like we were just like well this game's complete yeah (laughs) and it, it, and then the sun came out like 10 minutes later. Like, the stadium cleared out, and then the sun came out like 10 minutes later. And we're just like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Been there. Man, that is, yeah. Uh, that's one thing I, I don't don't miss about working in minor league baseball. Um, but I got to ask so, 
you said that when you used to wear shoes. So are you a barefoot kind of guy now? I am 100% really? barefoot on the tarp, uh, which has been brutal because it was like 40 degrees on Saturday when we took the tarp off. Oh, um, that but I just like can't do it. I like the grip too much. Like I feel like I can grip into the grass a little bit more. Um, or I'll do foot flops, like like slides. Okay. Uh, but sometimes those just get lost, and, and then right. I end up finding them like a couple hours later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I go shoeless. I just uh, I like it a little better, and I've ruined one too many pairs of shoes. Uh, I had tarp shoes, but like at one point we got like eleven rain outs one season. They just like never dried. They were just constantly damp all season. So I yeah. just gave up, and I was like, I think I'm just gonna go shoeless from now on, and have a look back. <laughs> okay. I was I was always like an old sneaker kind of person. Um, I used to do bare feet until one of the groundskeepers told me. He said, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I put way too many pesticides and all this stuff in, and he's like, and it, you know, get, it'll get between your toes and like, you know, all this stuff. So I don't know. I was just an old sneaker kind of person. No socks, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, you can't do that. You got me thinking now about going back to the shoe life, but <laughs> yeah. I just get like rubber boots, like those, like real thick. Like... You could do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Run it by your groundskeeper. I don't. I don't know. So I, I know he hasn't put anything down in a couple of weeks, so I know I'm safe for at least. But we're in a two week stretch right now with no games, so True. I know the field's probably getting covered in chemicals in the next couple of days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Run it by him. So yeah, I'll, I'll check with him to see how safe I'm actually being, uh, and if uh, I'm gonna grow a sixth toe anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. Good call. Um, so we did have one listener question, which I'm sure I'm sure you saw. Um, it is from John. I, I know I'm gonna butcher this last name. Cox, Coxus? Is that Kosis. Kosis. Okay. I I honestly didn't know. Um, John Kosis Jr. and he said, "How does Zach plan to adjust his FIFA game to avoid catching the sticks in the future?" Man, yeah, so uh, he and I were, worked here for three years together before he actually, he was the guy I was talking about who went to Hagerstown, and now he's the broadcaster for the Fireflies. Okay, yep. Um, he and I played FIFA after every game for about three years straight. Um, literally every night, we'd text, whose house is it? And then okay. we'd just go from straight from the game to playing FIFA. And unfortunately, I'm like three and 150 uh, oh, I am awful no. at FIFA, and he never lets me forget it. And I think this was his fun excuse to bring it up again, um, because he will not let me live it down that I'm awful at FIFA. I love FIFA so much, uh, but I play way too recklessly. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a big slide tackle guy. Ooh. Um, okay, and I've not practiced at all since he left, and so I'm pretty sure I'd lose like fourteen zero um, if we played again. So I kind of just avoid it. Like I always, there's no TVs around when we hang out because I don't want to be like. Right. We play it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think my ego can take that. Who's your squad when you play? Uh, we do randoms. Okay. We do international yeah. randoms. We so do that too. Three, yeah. and then like a blow up if you want to try and take who you get on the fourth. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm big on, you know, any of the good teams, but it got to the point where he was playing as like two-star teams and still like putting in work on my five-star team. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I used to be really into FIFA, like the 2000, 
11, 12, 13 era. Um, and it was it was free to play online on, on PlayStation Network um, until somebody hacked it and then it ruined everything. Um, but I used to play online religiously. I, I would also play with my buddies, but um, I played online all the time, like in, in college and like, you know, the, the summers, you know, between, you know, semesters and all that stuff. And um, until I got a big boy job and moved on with my life, really. Um, but I, at one point, I think it might have been FIFA, like 2012. I was top 100 in the U.S. Uh, in the U.S. at one point, um, but I haven't. I literally haven't played FIFA probably since like 2014. I so I don't even know what the game's like now. It's definitely a little different. Sure. Um, I remember we got together and played one time a couple of years after or a year or two after he left, and he had the newest version. I was just like not. I like the old school one, but there's like too much assistance in the new one. Yeah, in my mind, yeah, like too many lines. I think you could turn it off, but like I really like the old school. I mean, I have we had a 360, so okay, like, and that's the last system I played FIFA on. So I'm big on the Xbox 360 FIFA. So I don't think anything new. Um, so I, it's all, I think that aged me as far as how long it's been since I played. But yeah, it, so for me, it it was PlayStation Three. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so right around the same time, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I yeah I I don't know if I want to buy the new version, and I I I don't play online, so I don't even know if it'd be worth it. But who knows? Yeah, I don't have anyone to like play with here anymore. Yeah. Like, I had like a group of like guys that I played with every night here, and then one of them moved on, and the other one moved on. Okay. Uh, and like the people who came in, still really good friends with, but not video game people. So it's right. like. Uh, and I tried to convince Lindsay to play. She played Call of Duty Zombies one time with us, and she was just awful. Like, okay. love her. Terrible at video games. So, like, it'd be, like, probably what it was like for him to play against me. Are you <laughs> are you on Xbox or are you on PlayStation? Uh, I actually sold my system. Um, I was on Xbox. I was pretty consistent on Xbox my okay. whole life. Um, I was going to say... You, I was gonna say if you had a PlayStation Four, maybe maybe you could convince me again. But <laughs> yeah, no, I sold my system. I just don't play like anymore. I'm just too busy. I feel like I never like have time to just sit down and do that. Like when I want to hang out, I just sit down and turn my brain off. And I feel like yeah. instead of playing video games, I every once in a while I toy with the idea. I'm like, should I get another system? Should I get another system? Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't be till like the off season where I could actually like enjoy it because I feel like I'd get it and then we'd have like six tournaments and five games and i would just like it would just be sitting there unfortunately right right the the only thing i do now really is um i get nba 2k i make my my player um of course i make him look like me except you know ripped and probably a foot taller um and, and i i do that and then i'll also do like i'll make an expansion team um and and do like a draft that way and um i always put a team in pittsburgh i i feel like they should have a team i know they're not a big basketball city but but i I feel like they're a big enough market to support one but that's what i always do so that's the only video games i play anymore yeah i like i keep toying with it uh because i did like nba i was big on to like call of duty like online when i was playing uh, that was my big one. I like didn't really get into sports. That's why I was so terrible at FIFA. 
is because I didn't really get into sports games until my friends wanted to play against me and I'm uh, and usually we were drinking when they were going on so sure. I was like already bad and yeah. then worse <laughs> right right um, so, all right so where can the listeners find you on social media or do you want to plug anything else Zach? uh I mean I you can find me personally on Z curds uh, both Instagram and Twitter I don't really use Twitter that much I, I've been getting more into my personal one. I feel like I spend 90% of my time on the Dirty Birds Twitter. Right. Um, and then I'll just, like, switch over, see what's going on. Uh, for But, like, I'm mostly scrolling on the Dirty Birds one. So, follow the Dirty Birds. Dirty yeah. Birds CWV uh, were finally re-verified uh, a couple, like, a month ago, which was really exciting. Okay. Because um, I didn't realize that when you changed your name, you lose your verification on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that uh, either. Well, I, like, was afraid to do it for like three weeks after we rebranded because mm-hmm. I had Facebook lined up Facebook was easy uh, it takes like two days of waiting period uh, and then Twitter and Instagram took Instagram wouldn't even do it which I thought was really interesting um, mm. like there's no support team so you just kind of keep trying oh, um, okay. and uh, hope one day that they see what you're trying to do so I would, I would try and change the name and it said like you're not authorized to do that you can't do that I was like interesting i feel like I am yeah right but like when you're when your account's verified they're way more hesitant about you changing like your whole name and everything okay and so Twitter I did it I just finally pulled the trigger I was like I'm gonna do it I might lose a verification I hope I don't um and I did it and then I fought for like four months to get it back and nothing was working because uh, the minute I did it it went away because I like opened up Twitter I was like oh it's still there and then I hit refresh and it was gone I was like oh no it's gone yeah <laughs> and yeah. then finally it just happened uh we got a someone tagged us in like at three in the morning i woke up to it like oh my gosh you guys are verified and i was like oh my gosh i'm like i like thought it was a dream and then i woke up again in the morning and i was like oh sweet this is real and i wasn't sure what happened but the league went and got all the teams verified in our league which i thought was pretty cool oh that is cool yeah and then instagram one day we just got a dm like hey it's dirty bird cwb received a message and i was like wait what like we've been wb power for like five months yeah huh okay very but yeah cool. was that that was the one part i wasn't i thought i was prepared for with the rebrand but like the actual rebranding of our online presence took way more oh, yeah. effort than i thought it would um and people were letting us know like hey you're still wb power i was like i know i'm working on it i promise right right yeah <laughs> um so now that I know that you're more involved on the social media side of things as well, um, do you have any weird messages that people have sent you guys? Uh, no weird messages per se. The one, uh, we get a couple people that ask if we sign any players like every day. Um, yeah. They're just excited about the team though. Uh, nothing, the weirdest one we got was on LinkedIn actually. Okay. Um, of all things, it was like a 3 a.m. message. It was like two paragraphs long going on and on about, you know, a bunch of really random things. And I had never met this person before. I didn't even know you could DM Dirty Birds uh, LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I turned it on and switched it over because I was just going through every social media I could access and changing the name. Yeah. And it's like this really long message about how much they didn't like the name and like all this stuff. And it was like three in the morning and I was like, what? I don't even know how to respond to this. Right. <laughs> and like, I was like, I woke, that's another one of the ones I woke up to. I was like, the LinkedIn message, this is, Super. um, 
but they have since messaged saying they like the name so okay on the day at 3am again interesting okay um so i know you've listened to jesse's episode um so i always end each episode with the same question what has been the best walk-up or warm-up song you've heard in your baseball career and whose was it all right so this was actually the easiest question um for me and it's actually a player on our team right now all right so it's this guy named Engel Beltre. Uh, he played in the majors for a little bit. He has a song that someone made for him. Nice. Uh, about ones. him, which I think is just the coolest thing. And it like, says his name, and it's got like, it's real catchy. I'm going to send you a YouTube link after this because you can only find it on yes. YouTube. Yes. <laughs> and it's just like, I, we when we first, he like told us, he's like, you're only going to be able to find it on YouTube. It's not on Spotify, it's not on that Apple Music. And it's just like it sticks in your head for hours, and I'm like yelling his name, walking around the house, it's like Angle Bell Trade, <laughs> <laughs> and because he play, he plays almost every game, so like yeah. I hear it three, four times a game, and like I'm just dancing on the concourse every time I hear it. I just think it's the most baller thing I've seen. It's just like having a song about you for you as your walk up song. Like I feel like I need to reach that level of <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, who else do I know who had a a custom walk up song? Oh, um, the catcher for the White Sox last year. I think he was last year. Um, he also played for Delmarva um, in the Orioles system, um, but he he went yard like th- four or five games in a row for the White Sox last year. But I know in Delmarva. And I still think in the major leagues he has a custom walk-up song as well. I think that's the coolest thing ever. I, yeah. I would love to. I don't even know how you start that conversation with someone. I don't know if someone reaches out to you or you reach out to someone, but like, I'm starting to imagine the conversation where it's like, "Hey, will you make me a walk-up song for me that no one else can use?" I just think that's so cool. <laughs> I know. I know the guy for the White Sox. He. It was his cousin that made it. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know how it went for for the guy on your team, but. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm definitely going to send it to you after this so you can listen to it and experience uh, having that song stuck in your head for three weeks. Yes, yes, please do. And um, we're going to ride out with that song to close out the episode. So, Zach, thank you so much for coming on the Pulling Tart Podcast. You went back to the office just to do the interview. Um, So I, I really appreciate you taking time out of your evening. Enjoy the team being on the road for the next two weeks that's got to be awesome um and enjoy time time with your girlfriend and zach and or dax sorry and um yeah man just thank you so much this is a great conversation really glad you came on thank you so much for having me this is a lot of fun You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. 
everyone. I'd like to invite you to listen to a new podcast called Artrageous. It's a podcast about the truly outrageous stories of the art and design world. I'm your host, Carrie, and each week we'll cover stories that are just plain crazy. Join me every Thursday for a new episode with stories from art theft, fraud, crime, and mysteries to designer drama, fun conversation tidbits, and discussions about current events. Find Artrageous wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until then, stay Artrageous. At True Crime Cast, we cover the big names and cases that everybody wants to hear, but we specialize in the small town unknown cases you've never heard of. If you're listening to True Crime Cast, you'll hear us give the details of each case and our analysis of whether or not justice is served. Find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Y'all should go ahead and subscribe and join in on the conversation. I'm Jamie. And I'm John. This is True Crime Cast. 